Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. win today because <laughs> if they don't win today we're gone <laughs> we're history amen but uh but uh they have a, a heavy task right now but no i just want to you know people are saying why are you so dressed up i said well i'm thankful i'm gonna be dressed up today i feel good hallelujah oh thank you i was waiting for that i was waiting for that hallelujah thank you jesus amen but you know what it's it's Christmas season, man. It's it's time, you know, to dress. We're part of the we're part of our kingdom business, amen. We're part of a kingdom, and it's it's good every once in a while to dress up a little bit, amen. Hallelujah. Plus, my wife likes it. I, she likes it, amen. Hallelujah. She even called me pastor this morning, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, <laughs> amen. <laughs> well, it, it, as you guys know, it, it really is still Thanksgiving weekend. Come on, hallelujah. You know, I, I know through this, though the holiday season has started, the shopping has started, you can't forget about Thanksgiving. You know, we're so quickly to get into what am I going to get or, you know, Christmas season and all the stuff that, that, that the season brings, but, but, but we're still in the weekend of Thanksgiving. And I have a question for you today. To whom or to what are you thankful for this past week? You know, although every day we should be thankful, but there are times that throughout the year that that we need to reflect and give thanks for the Lord, for all that he's done in our lives. I I believe there are seasons that we go through. There are seasons that, as I was sharing, amen, there are seasons that you got to reflect and look back a little bit and say, God, I'm I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful uh, for, for everything that you do. In 1 Chronicles 16.34, the New Living Translation, now, they don't have this, this scripture, but it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Somebody say, He's good. Come on, somebody say, He's good. Oh, come on, you got to, he, he, He's better than that. Come on, someone say, He's good. Oh, He's a good God. Hallelujah. It says, Thank Him, thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His faithful love endures forever. Come on, somebody say yes. I don't know about you, but the Lord is good, and He is faithful, and His love endures forever. His love is always there for us, amen. And so that's something to give a shout for. And Thanksgiving is one of those times in the season, amen, or times during the year that we should really be thankful. Because if we're honest today, look at your neighbor and say, be honest. The day of Thanksgiving consists of busyness. Come on. We get busy preparing, cooking, entertaining, watching football, eating, running to the store for those last-minute things that, I, that you looked at your spouse and said, are you sure that's all we need? And so we're running, and these things are here. But really the only thanks that we give, listen, is a quick prayer before we eat. 
if we can be honest. Come on, look look at your Thanksgiving dinner. Was there a reflection of Thanksgiving? Was there? Did you wake up in the morning or did you just get busy doing things? Did you take time out to say, God, thank you for this day? And I, I hope that people all over the world are giving you thanks for what you've done in their lives. And or do we just get caught up in the thing of the day? You know, we really miss the whole point of this holiday, if we're honest. And the point is to give thanks to the Lord for what he's done in our lives. And today I want to minister a message entitled, The Heart of Thanksgiving. The Heart of Thanksgiving. In 1 Chronicles 29, 16, it says, everything, somebody say everything. Everything that has come from you has come from you and everything belongs to you. Church, everything comes and belongs to God. Everything that you have comes and belongs to God. Everything that you're wearing, you may have bought it, but it belongs to God. Hallelujah. Come on, and the home that you're going to, come on, belongs to God. The, the car that you're going to get into belongs to God. I mean, everything that you have, whatever's in your pocket belongs to God. Come on, whatever money's on in your account belongs to God. It says, everything has come from you, and everything belongs to you. Things we have in our lives is only because of him. And I'm so thankful for that, that this week in my stillness, I I was able to reflect on all the Lord has done from salvation to where I am right now. So how can we have a heart of thanksgiving? Let's look at that today, amen? We're going to talk about that, amen. Thanksgiving from the heart starts with being grateful to the Lord for the grace. Somebody say the grace that God has shown us. Everything God does in you, through you, for you, and to you is by grace. There are a list found in in the book of Psalms of some things that God does in our lives by grace. Psalms 103, 2 to 11, the Living Bible says, I will not forget the glorious things God has done for me. Come on, it starts off with that. You know, I'm not going to forget all the glorious things that, that he's done in my life. And the list goes on to say that he forgives us of all our sins. Come on, somebody say amen. Oh, man, you're not thankful for that? Come on, he forgets, He forgives us of all our sins, not just some sin, not just big sins, not just all sin. Amen. It says he, he forgives us of all sin. He heals us. He ransoms us from hell. Come on, somebody. Come on. He surrounds me with love. Come on, somebody. Fills my life with good things. Somebody say good things. He is merciful. He is tender to those who don't deserve it. Grace, church. Come on, somebody. He is slow to anger. And he doesn't hold a grudge. Tell your neighbor, stop holding the grudge. (laughs) He doesn't hold a grudge to us, church. Come on. And it goes on to say, he will not punish us for what we deserve. Aren't you thankful for that? Come on, that alone should fill your hearts with thanksgiving. Uh, come on, if, if your, our hearts don't explode with gratitude after what I just read, come on, you forgot how bad shape you were before you met Jesus. 
Come on, if that doesn't fill your, your heart with gratitude that God ransom me from hell, that God forgives me of all my sins, that God doesn't hold a grudge at my life, amen, and the things that I've done to him. If that doesn't give you a spirit of thanksgiving inside of you, then you've forgotten, amen, where God found you. I'm thankful for that. I mean, if you can really get to yourself and read that passage of Scripture, come on, tears have to flow from your eyes because that's what he's done for you. Slow to anger. What a God, merciful God. Come on, he's tender to those who don't deserve it. How I many know that we don't deserve this? We don't deserve this, church. And I'm thankful that uh, his grace and mercy overrules all that and loves me despite of what I deserve. Amen. We were lost and bound. Some of you guys were tore up. Some of you were broken, hopeless. And then Jesus came into your life, amen, with a wonderful love and showed you his amazing grace. Come on. Come on. We were wretched people. Wretched people. Yet he smiled at you. Wretched, amen, that we don't deserve his attention, but gave you his attention and found you. So this Thanksgiving is a perfect time to reflect. Listen, and give thanks to God. Not complainful, but thankful for his amazing grace. Come on, somebody. Don't forget about grace. Don't forget about how he found you. Don't forget that we don't deserve this. Come on, this, this, is, this is undeserved, but grace covers it. His grace covers it. Hallelujah. A heart of thanksgiving. Is thankful also for the plan. Somebody say the plan. The plan that God has for us. See, your life is not an accident. You were made for a reason, amen, and God has a plan and a destiny for your life. You are maybe not planned by your parents, but God had you in mind. Hallelujah. God had you in mind, amen. Come on, he has a plan because he does not make mistakes. See, if you're in this place today and you got a pulse, let me tell you, you got a plan. Come on, I believe that everyone's breathing here, amen. I don't see anybody falling over here. That means that God has a plan for your life. You may not feel that plan. You may not feel important. You may not feel, what, what's my purpose, amen? Uh, but I'm here to let you know that he's not done with you, amen? He has a plan. Uh, he has a destiny. Uh, he has a purpose in your life, amen? You were created to be part of his plan. And God's plan is a good plan. Tell your neighbors a good plan. Come on, look at somebody. It's a good plan. Come on, even if you don't believe it, just, just say it's a good plan. Talk to yourself and say it's a good plan. You, you got to believe it's a good plan. Come on, it's not a bad plan. Uh, come on, God is in the good business. Amen. God is in a plan business. Uh, God does not create things and say, well, I don't know what this one's for. God has a plan and destiny for you. Once you align yourself to God's will, then you find out what that plan is for you. I'm here to let you know that you don't have to worry about the plan. You don't have to be afraid about the plan. I'm here to let you know that it's a good plan. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, New King James says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, and to give you a future and a hope. 
There's hope in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, he came to give you hope, amen. Uh, he came to give you a future. Uh, he came to think of good things for you, not evil things. The NIV says it like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Woo, how, on, how many of you want to prosper in this place? Come on, come on, prosper is good health. Prosper don't have to be just money, amen. Uh, prosper can come in all forms and area. Prosper can come in health, hallelujah. Prosper can come in every good joy, uh, smile. Come on, uh, just a good spirit, amen. Uh, come on, he's come to prosper you, he says, amen, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's something we can be thankful for. Come on, somebody. I know the plans I have for you. Put your name in that. And I know the plans I have for. Put your name. Amen. When, I, when, when things are spoken, when it says you, I always put my name. I know the plans I have for you, mijo, my number one son, Art. That's how he talks to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. I personalize. I, I declare the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, mijo. I'm not going to harm you. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you a future. That's what I have for you. Okay. So, it feels good to serve the Lord. Once you know the plans, once you know that I'm part of the plan, not part of the problem, you're part of the plan. See, the world looks at you, you're part of the problem. You're a problem. It says, no, 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 you're a plan. God says, you're a plan. You're not a problem. You're a plan. Come on. The world calls you a problem. I call you a plan. You're a plan. Amen. I'm not here to harm you. I'm here to bring prosperity over you. I'm here to bless you, son. The world is evil. I'm good. And I have a plan for you. Put your name in there. I know plans I have for you. Wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. God's Latino también. Hallelujah. He speaks all languages. Hallelujah. That's something to be thankful for. That you, say me, you're part of the plan. I mean, you should feel good right now. If you came in not feeling good, you should feel good by just that alone. You're part of the plan. Come on, you're, you're not the problem. You're the plan. Come on, you're, you're the purpose. You're the destiny. You're the answer to the world. Hallelujah, it's hurting. Come on, that's who you are. That's who you are, amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you consider me to be part of your plan, a kingdom plan. It's not just a plan. It's kingdom. It's a kingdom plan. It's not like a little plan. Hey, we got a plan. It's kingdom. It's not a little plan that you talk about. No, it's a big plan. It's for the world. It's to save the world. You're part of the plan. Hallelujah. I don't excite you. I don't bring a smile to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm part of the plan. Me. You too. Tell your neighbor, you too. Tell your other neighbor, be happy. <laughs> Tell you never smile. You're part of the plan. 
See, the problem with us, we think we're still part of the problem. Come on, somebody. Devil's lying. You say, you're a problem. You're a problem. You're No, no, you're a plan. you got to start speaking to yourself. You're going to have to start looking in the mirror and say, you know what? I am part of the plan. i got a purpose, amen. I'm not a problem. I'm not a mess up, amen. God created me, amen, for a plan and a purpose. you got to speak to yourself, church. Encourage yourself. That's what David did, amen. When he was in that cave running from Saul, amen, he encouraged himself in the Lord, saying, I'm part of the plan. He says, I'm part of the plan. I'm going to be the next king. Come on. You're a king and queen in the kingdom of God. Come on, we're part of royalty, church. That's why I dressed up today. Part of royalty. I've been saved and redeemed, amen. I even brushed my teeth today. <laughs> so if I prayed for you in the past, that was not... The anointing, that was, that was something else. No, I'm going to say, I'm just playing. You see, the more that I, somebody say I, the more I discover the plan for me, somebody say me, the more I get into the center of it, more that I put myself in him, the more I become still in God, the more my life unfolds to my true potential. See, when you start to align yourself to the Lord, amen, then the plan and purpose come out. He starts to unfold your life, amen. It's amazing when you start to get in the will of God, amen, and then God starts to speak to you destiny, and he starts to show you the plan. The plan is not a secret, church. Once you get in line with God, he starts to unfold it, amen. It's like a blueprint. He brings it out, amen. He says, here you are right here, and this is where you're going towards, and this is part of the plan. You got to follow the plan. You got to follow the blueprint. I mean, you got to, the blueprint's right here, church. If you don't know what the blueprint is, it's right here. There you go. Hallelujah. The blueprint's right here. It's the Bible. It's the Holy Bible. It's the Word of God. It's the breath of God. I mean, it's everything, every plan, every purpose, every destiny, uh, every promise that He's spoken to you is right here. If you say, oh, I, I don't have no plan, it's right here. See, some of us, we don't know what the plan is because you don't open this. Come on, somebody. You want to know about the plan? You got to open the book. You got to study the book. Amen. Come on. You got to understand there's times that God will speak the plan over you. God will use a man of God, a woman of God to speak over you. Or you hear something of a plan over the pulpit, but you still got to figure it out. You still got to do some studying because every plan is a little different for everybody. See, it's, it's, it's specially designed for you. That's why you can put your name on it. The plans I have for art. You can put your name on it because it's, it's, it's a unique plan for you. We're all going to the same goal, but there's some, there's different plans for us. You got to find your plan. You can't get on my plan. You know, you can't get on my plan. This ain't this ain't like a this ain't like T-Mobile. You can't get on my plan. You can't get on my plan. Amen. You got to you got to get your own plan. You know, when my kids grow up, I say you got to get your own plan. Hallelujah. Come on, you're off off my account. Get your own account. Amen. You got to get your own plan. Come on, somebody. Not being mean, you got, to do, you got to have your full plan. I can't get on. I can't get on somebody else's plan in the kingdom of God. God has a plan for you. It's a perfect plan for only thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Yours is thirty nine. Mine's is fifty nine. Well, God's just showing a little bit more grace over here. So you can't complain about the cost of the plan. 
You just got to do the plan. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Sometimes the plan changes. Boom. Drop down. 29. Woo. I've been good. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful and grateful for the plan that's for you? Come on. See, when you know that you're part of the plan, it has to, church. It has to create a heart of thanksgiving. Not only that we're grateful for the grace, because it starts with grace, but then you got to be grateful that for the plan. Not only does he save you, that we don't deserve it, he says, you know what? Not even though you don't deserve to get saved, I'm going to put you as part of the plan, part of the purpose, and give you a destiny. Come on, somebody say, wow. Come on, that's amazing. Hallelujah. So I am grateful for the plan. But when you start to look at that that way, church, listen, you got to be thankful. Man, there has to be a heart of thanksgiving. Part of thanksgiving is also thankful for the home. Somebody say the home. Come on, the home that the Lord is preparing for you. Somebody say me. Come on. John chapter 4, 2 to 3, the new King James says this. In my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Put your name on there. Prepare for me, Art. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you will be there also. 2 Corinthians 5.1, New Living Translation says this, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is that when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not made by human hands. Come on, uh, because God makes this for us, this home that I'm talking about is made to last forever. Come on, somebody. Come on. Though we may die here, we live on. I said we live on. Hallelujah. Come on, there is a glorious body, a new body, new hair, whatever you want, made for you. Come on, uh, there is something that God is preparing for each one of us, amen. Uh, God made us, church, uh, not to live a time here on earth, amen, but to live forever, amen. Uh, one day our body is going to die, but I got some good news. It's not the end for the believer. Come on, somebody. The Bible says you were created in God's image, uh, so that means that you have a soul uh, and you have a spirit, amen. Your body will die, but your soul and spirit live in eternity. Come on, somebody. We live forever, amen. I'm going to live forever. Walking in my mansion. I don't know if I'm going to have long hair, though. I'm, I'm kind of getting rid of the long hair idea. I think I'm going to stay with the short hair. I like it. But he prepares a place for you. See, while you're trying to figure out the plan, as you're trying to figure out your purpose, as you start to align yourself to the will of God, he's over there making you a house. Come on, he's building a mansion for you. Come on, he's preparing a place, amen, that where he is, you're going to be, amen. I don't know about you, but that excites me, amen, that there's a house, amen. The blueprints are going out. Come on, you ever bought a, something new, amen, and when something's just being built or something, if you ever bought a brand new house, amen, you can't wait to get in. He's making it and designing it just for you. That's so cool. You guys don't believe me, huh? It's in the Bible. 
It's part of the plan, church. If you read it, it has to excite you that, you know what, all this is for something. All this is because something is waiting for us. He says, son, you figure out the plan. You get in my will. You adjust your life. I'm making you a house. See, as believers, we don't have to be afraid of the future. Come on, disciples should be the most confident people about death. Because we know where we're going. Why? Because God has prepared a place for you in heaven. And if it wasn't so, he would not have said. See, we're so worried about our own homes and things are here. But God's preparing your eternal home. See, we've got to really focus on the things, not the things that, we, that are seen, the Bible says, but the things that are unseen, the eternal things, the promises that you don't see right now that God's unfolding in your life. It's part of the plan. But sometimes we're stuck in this plan here that we can't get to that plan. And, and, and the thing is, we don't have faith, and so we, we can't go to the next page. Because you're stuck on here, and you think that's the end of your plan. Uh, the, the roadblocks there, is, that's it. But God has a destiny and plan, so you got to stay faithful. Tell your neighbor, stay faithful. Tell yourself, stay faithful. you got to be faithful, church. You've got to be thankful and faithful. If you're not waking up in the morning like that, church, you've got to check your heart. Every day I wake up, God, thank you. Another day, God, thank you. I reach over, God, thank you. I'm grateful that my wife's up. I'm grateful that I don't got no phone call. I'm grateful that my children are okay. I'm thankful, amen. i got to be thankful for life. I can be thankful for the things. I, I wake up and I look around. I sit down and look around my home. I said, thank you, Lord. Not only are you providing a home in heaven, you provided a home for me right here. I'm so thankful. I thank God that, that he's doing that for us. He's doing it for you. There's a home for you. He's building you a house. Maybe if you never had a house here, you're going to have a house one day, and he's making it just for you, designing it for you. Come on, mortgage-free, hallelujah, paid in full. Hallelujah, come on. No mortgage, listen, not even no mortgage, no electricity bill, no gas bill, no sewer bill. I don't know if we have sewers up there, but no sewer bill. You got nothing, amen. Each time you open the refrigerator, guess what? Food in there. You don't even have to go shopping for it. It's just, boom, there it is again. I, I just ate that. There's another one. How you do that? Each time you take something, boom, it just it appears again. A place of no more crying. A place of no more pain. A place of nothing of that, church. Preparing for you. First Peter chapter 1, 4 to 6, in the Living Bible says this. God has reserved for his children a priceless gift of eternal life. It's kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond reach of change or decay. And the God, and God in his mighty power will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you're trusting in him. So be truly Hallelujah. 
He's keeping this, this priceless eternal gift for you in heaven. The enemy can't come steal it. Circumstance cannot change that. It is sealed. It is done. The deed is signed. It belongs to you. Because you're trusting him. How many people are trusting Jesus? Because you're trusting in him. So he says, do what? Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad it's raining. Be glad. Be glad. You've got to be glad because of the plan. You've got to be glad because of the home that he's making for us. You've got to be glad. A lot of us just walk in not glad. We walk in sad. We do. And you, you forget these things that we need to be thankful for. We forget the grace. It's amazing. We forget the, the plan that he has. It includes you. We forget the home that he's creating for us. That alone, amen, should make you glad. It should make you sad because he says, I, I come to give you good things, not evil. I come to give you a purpose. I'm here to prosper you. I'm here to bless you. I, I believe that God is a God of a prosper. I believe that God is a God that blesses. There'll come a time and season, let me tell you, in your walk, in your faithfulness, that you come to a plan, that you don't have to worry about problems. The rent you talked about, you don't have to worry about it. It'll be paid all the time. I'm on I'm a place in my life that I don't have to worry about nothing coming to finances. God has blessed me. God has blessed us. Come on, I came to a point that God says, you've been faithful, faithful, faithful. Boom. He's just booming me. He's booming me everywhere. I'm saying, boom, again? I'm serious. Things, things are coming. God just blessed me. Why? So I don't have to worry about it. I can focus on you guys. I can focus on the church. I can focus on the plan. Come on, somebody. See, the plan does not include worry about problems. It doesn't worry about bills. It does, it, it, that's not part of the plan. You really read the plan. It's not part of that. The thing is, we take on worry. We, we take on problems. We take on all these things because we're not trusting in God. And so when that happens, church, guess what? You're going to have some problems. You're going to go through some things, amen. You're going to struggle through finances. Why? Because you're not trusting in God. And when you start to trust in God, then God has all the resources, amen. He'll open up heaven, and he said he will bless you, amen. That you won't even have enough room to contain it. The overflow. How many want to be in the overflow? Let me tell you, when you're in that place, I don't worry about anything. Even when I, I don't see it, I don't worry. Why? He has all the money. He owns everything. Come on, somebody. He, man, if I just need something, Daddy, can you drop a couple? Boom. There you go, son. Now, you can't just do it and you're going to do something wrong. Come on. You got to check your motives on the things you ask for. But if they're good and they're lined up to God, guess what? That's no problem. He has no problem giving you a brand new car. He has no problem even giving you a house. He has no problem, church. The problem is us. When you start to trust him, he'll give you whatever you want. But it's the process. You got to get there. You can't just go here to there. I want to get where you're at, Pastor. No, no. You want to you get where I'm at? Then you're going to have to walk this road because this is how I got here. 
You're looking, oh, yeah, you don't have problems. Shut up. <laughs> I have problems, but I trust in my God. I, I still feel what you feel. Jesus felt what you felt. That's why he came and walked this earth, amen, felt the suffering, felt the pain, felt the backsliding, betrayal, all that stuff, amen. He says, I know, I know. But he trusted in the Father. You got to trust in Jesus. That's what stillness means. You got to be still in God. Every situation, every storm, church, because he'll come through. If he did it again before, he'll do it again. He's always there for us, church. Aren't you thankful for that? Come on. A heart of thanksgiving is also thankful for the changes. Somebody say changes. The changes that God is making inside of you. Come on. I'm so glad and thankful that I'm not the same person that I used to be. Come on. Ain't you thankful for that? Come on, that you're not the same that you used to be. Amen. Come on, there's, there's something. You've got to be thankful for God's changes. I, 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 I can't change where I've been, but I can do something about where I'm going. See, God is chipping away at your life. As you come to church, as you align yourself to the will of God, as you re- be reminded of the grace, you start to be reminded that you're part of the plan, amen. You start to re- be reminded that he's preparing your home. He's chipping you to make changes inside your life. The things that you think that you could not change, all of a sudden you start to change, amen. The things that you say, man, I can't be that, you start to become that, amen. As God just starts chipping things in your life, he's changing you and making you different, amen. God is using the church. God is using the people in this church, circumstances circumstances, experiences, uh, good or bad, to bring change. Come on. He takes what the Lord, the, the, the devil meant for evil and turns it for what? For good. Come on, he's chipping away in every storm and every situation that you go through, every circumstances. Come on, it does not just come to to bug you or to 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 make you discouraged. But God is chipping away certain things inside your life. So sometimes some of those things that you think it's the devil, it's really God, and He's chipping something in your life. He says, "I got to bring this storm in order to remove this from you. It's going to be hard, but if you trust me, if you be still in me, I'll get you through it." And guess what? That peace gets chipped away. That anger, that rage that you had in your heart, chipped away. Something that comes and breaks you down from being so proudful, you God humbles you. Chip away. He's chipping things in your life to make you better, church. He comes to our lives to put our lives together, to clean us up. See, Jesus did die so that we can change. Come on, the cross is not just a, okay, he died. No, no, he died for you to change, not to remain the same. Not God loves me. Oh, yeah, he loves you, but he died for you to change. We have to change, church. We've got to be different. When I gave my life to the Lord 24 years away, he told me, Art, he told me at, at the altar, give me your whole life, son, and I'll put it together. I will bring change. I'm so thankful that he did. Listen, when a person surrenders completely to God, completely, not holding back nothing, you, you, you say, God, I'm yours. You can use anyone, use me. God, I, I'm yours. When you surrender to God completely like that, the redemptive power of God comes over that person and it brings change. You can bring the good. You can bring the bad, 
And you can bring the ugly, and God will change you. I know he's changed some ugly here. Hallelujah. Come on, we're all part of that group. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, he or she is a new creation. The old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Change. It's change right there. Takes away your past, gives you a new future. Puts you part of the plan. Come on, you're reminded of his grace. He, 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 you're reminded that he's preparing a home for you. You're, he's reminded I'm making some, I'm gonna make some changes in you now. Now that you're giving your life, I gotta change something about you. He's not trying to change who you are. He's trying to change the bad things of who you are. Because all that bad stuff didn't come from God. All that bad stuff came with the bad people that you hanged out with. Come on. Or the movies that you watch. Or the things that you read. Come on, that's why it's so important what you put in your mind and what you educate your body with and what you read. Those are things that will mess you up. Uh, come on, uh, in, the, in the process, you got to understand those are things that we have, have been shown to us by the things that, that were not godly, amen. It becomes part of our life. doesn't mean that it's right. Well, my dad did it this way. My mom did it this way. No, it doesn't mean that it's right. we got to say what God's right. What, 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 what does it line up to God? God, you know, this is the way... It, what my dad handled, well, that's not the way you're supposed to handle it, son. Time to change. You take the good out of it, and you remove the bad. Because there's a lot of bad inside of us, church. Come on. Come on. There's nothing good inside of us. There's, there's no one righteous, the Bible says. We're, we're all broken people. Come on. It's only by God's grace that we're saved, and God's changed that makes us into the person that God created us to be. Tell your neighbor, be patient. Tell your other neighbor, you're still working on me. Remember that old song? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Come on. That's what God does. He comes inside of us and changes the outside of us. Come on. But he has to start inside. Come on. That's the that's start inside, church. I mean, oh, you can look good on the outside and dress like this and still be tore up inside. You can, you can, you can put up the front. You can say, yeah, look, hey, man, that guy looks safe. He looks good. I can, I can be jacked up inside. See, God has to start on the inside, working on the inside, changing the outside. You realize it's change that God does in our lives. Philippians chapter 2, 13, New Living Translation says it. For it is God working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We cannot please Him on our own. We need Holy Ghost power. We need Spirit. We need God inside of us, amen, giving us. He gives us the desire and He gives us the power. Somebody say power. Someone say desire to do what pleases Him. See, God gives you the power to change. You cannot change on your own. You ever try to change on your own? You're going to stop doing this. You're going to stop doing that. I'm going to start. You cannot do it on your own. You need God. There's no way. You, if you do it on your own, you, it only lasts for like a week or so. And after that, your power and your patience run out. That's why you need God to come in and kick in him and to help you. He gives you the power to change. You cannot say, I can't, I can't, Pastor, I can't change. Yes, you can. You just don't want to allow God inside of you. 
to change you. You, you want to remain the same, so you remain the same, and God doesn't force himself on you. The Holy Spirit doesn't come where he's not invited. And so he says, okay, figure it out yourself. And we, and we try to, we don't, and we get worse. We start complaining, and we're not thankful. Why? Because we forgot about grace. We forgot about the plan. We forgot the home, and we forgot that God wants to change you. And if those things are not happening in our lives and we're not reminded and we're not thankful for those things, then things are going to come to your life and they're going to hurt you. You've got to be reminded who you are, church. He gives you the power to do the right thing. See, the problem with some Christians, the longer they're saved, the more they forget about the power. It's like you can't do it again. Like you go through struggles. Christians have been saved for a long time. They're, like, they're, they're the, probably sometimes the, the saddest Christians. Sometimes. Because they forgot what God has done for them. And they're going through a situation now. It's like there's no faith. There's no, there's no prayer. There's no, there's no seeking. There's no the things that they were doing before. And it, it, it's all gone, amen. And we kind of just say, man, we forget about the power. We forget about the Holy Ghost. We forget about what he said, amen. That you know what? He's going to empower us to do the things that we need to do. What God did before, amen, he can still do now, church. You have to go back to some of you guys to believing again. That's why this season comes at the end of the year to remind you of a Savior. To remind you of what God's gift came, amen. To remind you that today a Savior was born in the town of David, amen. Come on, I bring you good news. He ends the year to remind us because we lose it throughout the course of the year. Come on, let's be honest. And we have to be reminded to get a heart of thanksgiving again and to be reminded of the Christmas year that God gave his only son to us. You got to be reminded of that. The question is, do you still believe? Do you think you, that's it for you? That you can't do it again? Do you believe in the promise? Come on, do you believe that he can move mountains? The mountains that he moved in the past, he can still move mountains today, church. The question is, do you believe that he can do it again? The Bible says that when we come to Christ, we change. 2 Corinthians 3.18, Living Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord works within us, and we become or we change more and more like him. See, that's God's goal for us, to be more and more like Jesus, to be holy because what? He's holy. He changes who we are and helps us to become who he created us to be, church. And I'm so thankful that God uses PCLV to bring change to lives. Amen. I'm so thankful that I can look out this church today and know that I see change in people. Amen. People walking in lost and bound, now found free. Amen. Come on, people walking in blind, now see. Amen. People walking in disappointed, now anointed. Amen. I'm so thankful that, that God comes to bring us change. Because we here at PCLV offer what? Real faith or real change. A heart of thanksgiving is created, listen church, from a thankfulness of the grace, the plan, the home, and the change. I'm going to give you four quick reasons or quick things or quick ways that you can show that you are thankful to God. I'm going to give you four real quickly, guys. You guys ready? Four quick ways to say thanks to God. 
Number one, you do it by singing. Psalms 147.7 says, sing out your thanks to him. Sing praises to God. Come on. This is what we do here at PCLV, you know. And there's times, amen, I said, man, we were a little bit more radical church before. I mean, I remember that little, that little church on Sahara. It was rocking with praise. Come on, this is what we do, amen. We sing praises. I come because I want to sing. I come, amen, the start of our service. We want to usher God's presence. We want to sing, amen, praises unto the Lord. We want to be sing with a grateful heart, amen. I want to come, amen. And you gotta, you got to be reminded, if you want to be show your thankfulness, start it by singing. And for you, some of you, if it's hard, you need to get back to that. Get back to singing, church. Uh, come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, the Bible says. Uh, sing your thanksgiving to God, amen. Uh, come on, sing from a grateful heart, amen. Uh, come on, when people are happy, they sing. Right? When you're happy, you throw on some jams, right? Woo, yeah, I feel happy. Some of you guys do a little dance, whatever you guys do, amen. There's, there's something that happens. Singing comes with joy, guys. you got to sing, amen. Even if you can't carry a note, it doesn't matter. We know who you are. But if it comes from the hard church, it's a sweet sound to the Lord. It's a sweet aroma to the Lord, guys. So sing unto the Lord. So if you're thankful, sing. And if you haven't sang like you're supposed to sing, God's telling you to sing again. Come on, it'll bring a spirit of thanksgiving in your heart, church. Number two, you say thanks by serving. We sing with our lips, but we serve with our lives. The Bible says in Psalms 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come on, a lot of people give good lip service. God is looking for people that will serve with their lives. Come on, that's why the people that I had stand up, I said, you know what? This is, these are people that serve. We want to serve in the kingdom of God. We want to do what we need to do. Ha, uh, Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. When we serve God with the right spirit, it does not become a duty. It does not become some obligation. It does not become that your name is on the list, amen, or someone told you it's your turn. It becomes a privilege. It is a privilege to serve in the kingdom of God. And when you start to look at that as a privilege, not an obligation, then thankfulness flows in your heart. We are created with a gratitude, church. Gratitude moves us to use our talents, our gifts in serving. Understanding that we got our talents and gifts from the Lord himself anyway. Now it's time to give it back with thanksgiving. Everything we have is a gift from God. Serving the Lord should flow from a heart of thanksgiving. We serve because, you know what, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm, what do you want me? What, 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 what do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to serve, Pastor? God, what do you need help at? I just want to serve. Serve if you're thankful. Number three, we say thanks by giving. Psalms 50, 14 says, give an offering to show your thanks to God. Give him what you promise. Come on. Sometimes we, we say, God, I'm going to give you this. I promise. And then we don't. Come on, somebody. Come on. You got blessed. Oh, yeah, the Lord bless me. I promise to give you this, Lord, if you bless me with this. And, and then it comes and we don't do it. 
Come on, somebody. We got we to give, amen. If you really thank him, give him something extra this season. Come on, I know that we're giving towards our missionaries, and that's part of that. Why don't you give him something here, a special love offering? God, thanks. It's been a great year. Boom. Give to the church. You're not giving to me. You're giving to God. It's, it's not me that you're giving, church. It's to the Lord that you're giving. It's to the house. Show some appreciation. Give. See, the level of our giving should show the level of our gratitude. If I'm not giving, then I'm not grateful. Come on, somebody. Giving, uh, thanks and giving go together. That's why it's called what? Thanksgiving. And one of the best ways to give thanks is through our giving. Deuteronomy 16.10, a new living, uh, new uh, NIV says, then celebrate the, the festival of the weeks to the Lord by uh, your God by giving a free will offering and a portion to the blessing the Lord has given you. Right here is showing right there, uh, this is a giving week, amen. This was a, a festival week, amen. Uh, so it says, you know what, give a free will offering to the Lord. Come on, if you've been blessed and you had a good year, give, show that. Give it to the Lord. Give something back to the Lord. See, this biblical principle over 350 years ago uh, uh, by, by the pilgrims was set aside a, a day called Thanksgiving. But over 3,000 years ago, God established Thanksgiving festival where people will bring him an offering. I challenge you to give an offering, like I said. Give an offering of gratitude to God. You know what? Give him something. That could be nothing. That can be through the course of the year. Got here. I just feel so good. Boom. Give something to someone. Bless somebody. You can do it in all sorts of ways, church. You bless somebody. You give somebody. You listen to the Lord. Use discernment and allow him to use your life to bless others because he's blessed you. Listen, when you give, you have to ask yourself, Am I giving what I think I can afford, or am I giving what God wants me to give? Is my giving this past year stretching my faith, or does my giving truly reflect the 10% of my income when you get your tax receipt? If not, maybe this Thanksgiving season is reminding us to be thankful. We thank the Lord by renewing our commitment to giving. I commit. My 10% to the Lord. I commit to become more generous person this year. There has to be a commitment in. You got to look, God, I, I didn't get my 10%. This is what I made. This is what I gave. It doesn't add up. God, I, I recommit myself to the 10%. God, I, want, I recommit myself to giving to the missions. I, I, re, I used to give, but I don't. I, I recommit myself. You give if you're thankful. Last one. We say thanks by telling. Tell others about the Lord. Share the good news to somebody. Share your testimony. When's the last time you shared your testimony? If you have to think about it, it's been too long. Like 19... Let me tell you, every opportunity, even when I preach, I share my, God, my testimony. 
I, I love to share what, what God's done in my life. Not, not that there's, I, I just love sharing what he's done in my life. So I'll just get encouraged by it. I'll share about my wife. I'll share about the prayer. I'll share about this faithful woman that prayed for me. I, I share about who I was. I have no shame. I know who I am now. So I share. Any, any opportunity, let me share it with you. Let me share because it always brings hope. When's the last time you shared the gospel to somebody? Share how thankful that you are that you're saved. Even in the midst of trial, how can you still smile when they know when something's hitting your life real hard? Why? I have Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. That's the best opportunity to share the gospel, amen. Share how, you, how God restored your marriage or restored you or how he forgave you. Isaiah 12, 4 says, thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the world of his wondrous love and how mighty he is. Come on, we have the greatest news in the world, church. Why are you going to hide that? While the world is bringing, getting worse and worse with its bad news, the good news gets gooder and gooder, church. Come on, this is a great opportunity. When there's bad news, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you how I can keep on smiling even despite of what's going on. Let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. See, everyone needs Jesus. Even good people need Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we're all sinners. We fall short of God's glory. Psalms 107 verse 2 says, "The Lord has, has the Lord redeemed you? It's a question. Has he redeemed you? Then it says, then speak it out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemy. He says, you know what? If God has done something good, share it. Tell it. Speak it out. Shout it out. See, this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, look for someone that you can share your faith with. Tell somebody your testimony. If you guys can bring in the, the, the communion in, share somebody with the testimony. Tell somebody Jesus loves them. Maybe that's what they need this season. Maybe something will spark in a conversation. Because somebody needs to hear that Jesus still loves them, despite of where they're at. So as I close today, church, start the season of Thanksgiving and Christmas by thanking the Lord. Be grateful for the change, the plan, the home, and for the changes. And show your gratitude by singing, serving, giving, and telling others about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Right now, they're gonna, we're going to have a take part of communion. Amen? Because I want to thank the Lord. I, I want to thank the Lord for the beating that he took for me, the broken body and everything that took place on the way to Calvary. I want to thank him for the precious blood that he shed for me to cover the multitudes of sin in my life. Come on, without that blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, church. Come on, it was the blood of Jesus, amen. And, and we got to be reminded and be thankful. What a great season it is to be reminded of that. You guys can go ahead and start passing those out. They're going to pass out the bread and drink. If you can just grab one and, and hold the cup. Uh, as you know, let me grab one right here. Okay. All right. Just want you to just hold it for a second. We just want to give thanks really quickly. Uh, as we do this, we do this in reverence to God. You know, all this is a sign of respect, so don't take it in an unworthy manner, the Bible says. You know, just know that you're doing it for the Lord. Whether you, you are saved or not, it's still a gratitude. So if you say, God, I, 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 I remember, I, I, I appreciate 
the blood. I appreciate the brokenness. It's in reverence to him. So don't do it out of reverence. Amen. The Bible says it brings a curse upon your, yourself. So we want to do this in reverence and just say with great gratitude that we are thankful for everything that he's done in our lives. Amen.